Let's have a sincere conversation about events across the nation and topics for our own morality. Let's openly discuss in an environment of trust where perception is reality. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Perception is Reality. It's David, your host. Today, I'm excited by my guest, Sean Douglas. He's a TEDx speaker, podcaster, author, and he's a serial entrepreneur. Welcome to the show, Sean. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. I am super pumped to be on this show. And did I forget? I forgot something. Did I forget radio host or? Um... No. It, so Life Transformation Radio is a live show that's repurposed into a podcast. Awesome. Awesome. So if, if I may just now, and we'll do it again later, but can you tell people where, where to find you and a little bit about that radio show and, and or podcast and where to find it and if they want to pick up any books where they can, I'm sure, I'm just going to say the, the Zahn probably, but I'll let you say that. I, I like that you did this in the beginning and I do it in the beginning of my show because statistics show that most people don't listen all the way to the end of a podcast. So all the podcasters that are, that are at the end of the show saying, where can people find you? Nobody's finding you because they don't listen to all the way to the end of the show. So when you do it in the beginning of the show, more people will find you. So I really appreciate that you and like maybe one other person are the only ones that actually do that. So thank you. Um, so my show can be heard anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Uh, just got accepted to Pandora. So now we're on Pandora. And so Life Transformation Radio is the main site is uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash Life Transformation Radio. You can listen to the show live Tuesday through Friday. And, you know, it, you can listen to it anywhere on the podcatchers. My main site is the success core c-o-r-p-s the success core.com i've got speaker training guides up there i've got all kinds of videos and information and resources and all kinds of uh of, of information for everybody who wants to be a speaker entrepreneur or a business owner awesome thank you and if if i may just delve just a sketch deeper um, sure. TEDx um, what were some yeah. of your talks on have you done more than one no I just did the one and my TEDx talk is right there on the home page and it is called hack your brain for success and I cite uh, positive psychology research studies that indicate you can actually rewire your brain's hippocampus and rewire different parts of your brain in order to attract success, in order to become what your version of success looks like. Oh, buckle up, kids. This one's going to be a fun one. Um, <laughs> I talk about some of this because I've done some, you know, armchair quarterback research because I, I, I like to read about this stuff. Um, yep. So having an expert on the show on that topic alone just kind of makes my mouth water a little bit. Not in a creepy way, Sean. I just want you to know that. But oh, that sure. Was just a, you know, Pavlovian response. <laughs> kind of. Never mind. I've totally oversold that. Now it's creepy and awkward. Sorry. Um, <laughs> now so, it's making it creepy. <laughs> now it's just awkward. Um, so anyway, um, 
can you tell everybody what we're here to talk about today? And if that's not the topic, then I reserve the right later to maybe come back to that in circle if the laser pointer or uh, squirrel takes me there. We can, we can definitely talk about that. I want to talk about your show title. Perception because is I, reality. Yes. I cannot stand that moniker where perception is reality. It's like giving somebody the permission to assume something about somebody else. Well, perception is reality. He must be this way. Because our whole lives were taught, don't judge a book by its cover. If you assume, you make, a, you make an ass out of you and me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like, why would, I, why would I say perception is reality? Like, that's, that's like saying, well, you act this way, so you must be this way. If it, if it quacks like a duck, if it looks like a duck, if it walks like a duck, must be a duck. So, in, you know, I spent most of my, most of my life in, in the military, and that's their favorite saying. You know, well, you know, perception must be reality and everybody gets really mad because no, that's, that's not correct. So, I mean, you can use that for anything. Like if you mess something up, like, oh, perception is reality. You mess something up. You must be a, you must be a screw up, you know? Oh, you made a, you made a gay joke. You must be gay. <laughs> like I can, like, we really piss people off whenever somebody says, well, perception is reality. I'm like, oh, well. You look like a homo. I guess you're, I guess that's you. And they're like, no, I'm not. Well, perception is reality. That's my perception now. You know, like, it's just, ugh, it's disgusting. I hate it. That's actually a, a different way to look at it than I, I've thought. So let me explain for a second, because I, I'm definitely, I want you to know that I'm picking up what you're putting down. Like, I yep. appreciate the way you kind of described it. Um, sure. And I'm not sure if we're in. We might not be in alignment, but we might be on parallels. I'll just say it okay. that way. So the okay. reason the reason I have titled the show Perception is Reality is because I am wanting people to go beyond their surface level perception, their snap judgments. That's why I'm talking to lay people. You're I wouldn't no offense to you, but I wouldn't put you at a lay pe- person because you're a public speaker. You've had a TEDx like that puts you just mm-hmm. Uh, that elevates you above like a lay person. I've been spending a lot of my time talking to lay people, meaning like just the average person on the street. Like for example, um, I talked to my nephew Ryan who has uh, a blood cancer, multiple myeloma. But if you looked at him, you wouldn't think he had cancer, but he's in, you know, his treatments make him weak and, and just et cetera, et cetera. You can listen. Some people can listen to the episode. Everybody that's listening now has already. Thank you for that, by the way. Um, you'll notice, Sean, that this is just a moment between Sean and I. People, hold on a second. So, Sean, I like to kiss my audience butt a lot. So, you'll notice that. Um, <laughs> all right. And we're back. So, I like so, I want people to dig beyond that perception that, you know, they, there is something wrong and it's okay to talk about it that people make snap judgments so i want them the whole point of saying perception is reality to me is to say that there is always 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 more beyond the surface and i want people to learn to dig beyond the surface um like the other day i talked about uh divorce um with uh i forget who all the interviews are blurring together so He's going to kill me when, when I can't remember who that was. And it was just like yesterday, but it was the male perspective on divorce. 
And it wasn't necessarily, he was like, look, divorce isn't, doesn't have to be all bad. You know, the perception is everybody's bitter, everybody's miserable. Sometimes there's amicable divorces because people just realize that they, you know, so that's my point, Sean, is that, and I don't know that, like I said, we're in complete alignment with it, but um, I do like, I, I use it because I want people to understand that their perception of a situation is not necessarily the reality of the situation. And to, to give, to learn, number one, and to give the situation at hand or the other person or the end of the whatever, fill in the blank, justice, you need to really take a moment and dig beyond your initial snap judgment reaction. Um, so that's what, I'm, that's what I mean by it. Gotcha. So wouldn't it be perception isn't reality? Well, probably, but where were you last year when I started the podcast, man? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, now it's too late, dude. I mean, it's, I've got the logo. Yeah, right. I've got the title. I, I, I mean, I totally get what you're saying, man. Um, I'm just giving you hell. I, hey, I totally get right. what you're saying. And, and, and that's great because a lot of times we do, man, we snap judgment and, and, and I got some kids and they come home and man, kids can be bullies and they can be super ugly. And, um, I, you know, I talked to the, I talked to my kids, you know, I'm like, well, you know, they're going to judge you and like, whatever. But the good thing is once you're done with school, you don't have to see them anymore. So yeah, your life you sucks don't. for about four to five hours a day, but guess what? When you become an adult, there's going to be even more stupid people out there. So you're always going to be judged. So just make sure you're doing the right thing and make sure you have all the information before you accuse somebody of doing something else or judging them or, you know, whatever. So I try to just be like, leave it alone. Don't worry about it. It's not that big of a deal. It is now. I know you're feeling like it's this big deal, you know, and for, for a 13 year old girl, you know, it's, it's a big deal, oh, you know, dude. but, uh, you know, I was like, I know you want friends. I know you want to be accepted, but do you really want to be accepted by, by mean spirited people or, you know, like some of those popular kids can be really mean. Some of those jocks can be really mean. So, and oftentimes they're the most lonely in the school, quite frankly. Yeah. Well, yeah. Most of the time. So, I yeah, mean, I, yeah. So I get where the, you know, perception can be reality. It's like in business. If you're better business bureau or your ripoff reports or whatever, people read those. It's like Yelp reviews. People read those. And when they read those reviews, it's kind of influencing their decision to go to your restaurant, go to your business. And so they, they look at those and it holds weight and they say, well, these reviews, and a lot of times they read the bad reviews. They don't even read the good reviews. They just go straight to the one stars. I know I do for hotels when I, I when I'm, when I'm looking hotels for hotels hotel, and Amazon, I'm with you, man. Hotels and yeah. Amazon. I go straight to the two and one stars. Ho yep. Hotels and Amazon. I want to know the bad stuff. And I always look at that. And then I look at how long it was, how long ago it was. Mm -hmm. And then if the hotel manager responded. Yes. And sometimes certain chains will respond with a blanket statement. 
oh, we're really sorry about your inconvenience. Please call us at blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I look at those reviews and I want to know, are people just being picky? Like, are they, because there's a lot that I can deal with. A lot. One lady was like, there was a dog next door barking like all night long. Like, that's your complaint? Like, that's it? Like, whatever. I'm good with that. <laughs> you know, like, you know. Right. Oh, I mean, um, one review in a hotel was like, well, I walked in and it smelled like smoke and it was like really dirty and nasty. The floor was gross. And I'm like, oh, yep, that's not happening. You know, like, nope. Oh, yeah. I agree. So, so I look at those. So I look at those reviews and sometimes I snap judgment. I'm like, that perception is reality. You know, if those people had that, had that encounter, then I don't think I'm going to stay there. I don't think I'm going to do that. No, so. I, I agree with you on that. I, but I think that you're not, you, you're not really looking at a snap judgment. You've done, you're, you're going a little bit deeper. You're looking at the reviews, how long they are, did they respond, what they really were. I kind of do the same mm -hmm. thing. Like if, if there's a hotel that that has like I look for a couple key things. I'm like, okay, like you did did they respond? In what way did they respond? Was this a, or did person just write a complaint to complain? Like, uh, for example, um, I was just recently on a trip. Um, I, I travel for work a lot, so uh, in the room next door was a baby crying. I mean, like this baby was like not a happy baby like it was young probably wanted to eat all the time probably you know had dirty diaper it was like you know you you can kind of tell the the age by the cry a little bit when you know because their lungs oh, are yeah. developing so it was a young baby i've been there i've been that person in the hotel room with a crying unsatiable baby that's just like you know crazy and like its head spinning and it's puking green vomit and you know like you need to call the priest and get an exorcism i've had that baby <laughs> Um, so, I mean, I was empathetic, uh, you know, I did, I, I was staying at a hotel chain. I won't say who they are cause they're, you know, not going to do me any good, but you know, the front desk, when I came in every day, they greeted me, um, you know, they knew me cause whatever. And, you know, I was just casually talking to the, to the girl behind the counter and mentioning the baby. And she was like, Oh no, can I switch your room? You know, she was like, ready. She jumped right into action. I was like, Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. We were just talking like it's nothing against those parents or anything. And, you know, like they're cool people. The baby, I'm sure, is awesome. It's just a baby. Babies, babies do this thing called crying. I'm good with it. I can sleep through it. Um, right. But I, I wasn't angered enough. Like, I mean, one, the hotel was going to respond to like I wouldn't go online and be like, oh, there's this baby cried all night. You know, but did I do anything about did I have the difficult conversation in the hotel, which to some people to confront or to make that phone call to complain or switch rooms. That's like very hard, difficult for some people. I don't, it's not for me. Like if I'm not in a happy with the room, I'm calling, I'm changing it. Um, I've had rooms, I'm really allergic to, to smoke, Sean. So like if I go into a room and there's been somebody who's been naughty and they're smoking in a not smoking room, I can smell it yeah. right away. My, you know, like my airways closed. Yeah. I like, I call down, I'm like, you know, I walk back down, I'm like, can I just get a different room? You know, it's not a big deal. Some people that's a big deal. So they take, and this is why we're here, right? On this show, you and I, because 
people will take to social media. Uh, and by the way, uh, if I may segue for just a second, um, Sean mentioned earlier, listeners, this thing called the Better Business Bureau. That was basically the Yelp of a different generation. Like there was a formal organization, like you called them, they maintained a thing and like you couldn't look it up online. It was like a, it was like the Yelp of yesteryear. So um, I don't know. If, I know what it is. I used it. Uh, I don't know if it's still relevant. If it is, you know, good reference for the youngins out there. But um, uh, anyway, back to uh, smoke room person that you ran into, like, what did that person do? Or did they just like suck it up? have a miserable hotel experience that could have been rectified and just like went and, and was like unleashed venom online um, and, and not given the other side a chance to even rectify the situation. I mean, I, I'm, 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 they might have, they might not have, I didn't read the review. I don't know what was in it, but um, you know, this is, this is why we have perception as reality. Like what was their perception of the situation? It was their reality or maybe it isn't reality, you know, however you want to phrase it, but why did they hide behind online? Why didn't they have the conversation? And I'm assuming I'm making a whole bunch of assumptions here to make a point. Why, why are we afraid to have difficult conversations today? Well, my take on it, why we, why it's hard to have difficult conversations is because everybody's feelings are involved. Because we don't want to hurt people's feelings. Back when I was a kid, we didn't care about people's feelings. You had these difficult conversations. You had the sex talk with your son. You, you had these, you know, hey, mom and dad need to talk to you. Or you're a young adult and you're like, hey, man, I really need to talk to you. Now nobody wants to talk because nobody wants to hurt their feelings. Because nowadays it's all about feelings and therapy dogs and therapy monkeys and safe spaces and all these snowflakes got all these feelings. So that whole talk you know nobody's taught interpersonal problem solving and no one's taught good listening and active constructive responding which are which are topics that i speak about in resilience you know we're not taught these things in school we're not taught relationship values like in school and most of the people and most of the kids that are that are running around today with all these feelings and all that is because of parenting it's because somebody said, I don't like how my mom parented me. I'm going to parent my own way. And then you screwed up your kid. That's my take. That's my perception. <laughs> well, um, I'll just say this. No matter how you parent your child, your child is going to say that you screwed them up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> there, I, I, I defy you, Sean. I'm going to throw the gauntlet down like Monty Python style. I've got the salmon out. I just slapped you across the face. I dare Love you it. to tell me a generation that said that their parents didn't screw them up in some way. So I, I have already told our 16 year old son. I'm like, yeah, dude, you're, you're scarred for life. You're screwed because you're the first kid. You're the experiment. Yeah. Most parents don't know what they're doing. So we've pretty much <laughs> screwed you up. And then we made our, we, we fixed our mistakes a little bit with our second child. Cause if you notice, like when you have, when you have a kid and it falls, you're like, Oh my God. Oh my God. We need to go to the hospital. Oh my gosh. And then the second kid, you're like, is she okay? Is she bleeding? I think she's okay. 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 Good. Okay. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> go play, go play. And then the third kid falls. You're like, rub some dirt on it. You're fine. <laughs> and then the fourth exactly. kid falls. You're like, we have a fourth kid. <laughs> Where'd that kid? I thought that was the neighbor. <laughs> What the, where'd that kid come from? 
<laughs> so, so anyway, that's my theory. No, no, that's, that's actually, um, I, I've heard a couple people and even some comedians talk about that. You know, the first kid, you, if they use a binky or a whatever you call it, the little pacifier thing, right? The pacifier yep. hits the ground and it's, you know, like you have to sterilize it in boiling water and then oh, you yeah. give it back. The second kid, you know, it, it, the, it falls, like you said, it's a progression. And then by the, the third kid, it's like, they don't even get one. Like, <laughs> yeah, you get this leftover nub from your sibling. Sorry. Like just don't choke on it. For sure. So yeah, I, I definitely understand. And um, I mean, you were making me laugh. I, I forgot that I had another point and I didn't write it down because I was laughing um, with your story, but um, we do, oh, feelings, fact versus feelings, right? So I like, I have this discussion with um, a friend of mine and we like to delve into, well, actually, if people are like true friends of mine, they're they're we're going down a rabbit hole because I'm like a I'm like right. whatever kind of dog is it a corgi a Jack Russell whatever one is trained to go down the rabbit hole that's me I go down that damn rabbit hole every time I just love it and so what we like to talk about is politics today and and we like to talk about um, lots of things and this this guy likes to talk about how facts versus feelings that everything oh i know what we were talking about we were talking about dr rachel mckinnon um she just won another um gold medal in uh women's cycling she's a transgender athlete and there's a lot of controversy over her in particular um because she's a a trans trans woman athlete and she was post pubescent uh, and transitions later in life. So is it an unfair advantage? And I posted something on Facebook and nobody, nobody responded for like a long time. And then maybe like 12 hours later, one of my friends literally started off his, his reply by like, I'll take the bait. I wasn't trying to bait anybody. I really wanted to know, is it fair to have a trans woman athlete in there because i've read some studies because like before i make my judgment oh yeah before i make my judgment i like to know is it truly fair and then we talked about fairness and um you know i, I don't, i'm just bringing that up as an example but but my friend was like yep. fairness he's like well, now we're talking about feelings he's like there's facts and feelings he's like he's like you know nobody he's like one nobody responded because nobody wanted to hurt anybody else's feelings nobody wanted yep. to be called out by the pc police because god forbid you have an opinion and might disagree with somebody else, but you have an opinion and we're not allowed to have opinions anymore because it's going to hurt yep. some of these feelings. I mean, yep. we can have opinions and differing opinions and still be friends. I mean, a good example of that is Ellen. Oh, with we President can, are you sure? Yeah. I mean, no. come on, look, I, mean, <laughs> I can't just, I can't just Facebook block you and talk bad about you because you don't think the same way I do. Well, you, I I will answer that honestly. You shouldn't. You should. You should not. You should, <laughs> you should be an adult. I know that you're 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 no what you're doing. Yes. So, I mean, an example. Alan, you, are you, are you with, seeing through my satire? I, I am. I'm totally. I am. So like, Ellen I, I was. Think at the, Ellen was awesome. I, I have more respect too. for Ellen now. And you know what I think? I think not to hijack your your comment. No, go. You said Fair. Ellen. I was like, jump yes, on there. Jump on there. Here's what I love. I, I, I'm very opinionated, but I don't give my opinions until I'm asked. And then people regret it very quickly. 
very quickly. I do not care who does what with who, when, where, why, how. I don't give a crap. Just don't bring me into it. If you have a cult and you're a polygamist, that's awesome. Just don't talk about it around me. If you're gay, don't talk about it around me. I don't care about your lifestyle. You know, like I've had many people like, oh my God, my husband, my husband, oh my God, my, my wife, my wife. I'm like, okay, because I, like, I don't sit there at work and be like, guys, my straight wife and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't draw attention to it, but there's some people that purposely draw attention to it. Like, oh my God, me and my husband, like, oh my God, right? So I, I just don't, I don't want to hear it. Like, that's not what I want to talk about. That's not what I want to hear, you know? And, uh, and, and so the, I don't care about anybody's lifestyle. I don't care that Ellen is, has a wife or a husband or, a, or is married to a monkey. I don't give a crap. Is she a good person? So when she said all that, like, oh, my gosh, how can we not be friends with differing opinions? I was like, oh, girl, like, that's a, like that was amazing. And, you know, she drew more heat because of that. She did. I she saw. She drew more heat. First of all, people were pissed. People were pissed. They were like, oh, my God. Like, again, perception is reality. And this is my problem. Perception is reality saying, wait, wait, wait. How can she be with a Republican president? Oh, my gosh. That guy does not like any gays. How can da 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 da, da? Well, I have some, some gay friends. Like, I, I literally talk to people that I'm friends with who are – it literally a month ago broke my heart that my 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 very good friend we were out at an event it was speaking at an event and there was four of us and he goes i'm gonna go this way i'm like ew how would you go that way he's like, i'm gonna go check it out I'm like you're brave my friend you're brave we'll bring some girls back to you and he goes i i what and everybody forget me i'm like what and he goes dude i'm like super gay i'm like no you're not no you're no way. And it broke my heart that I didn't even pick up on it. He's been my friend for a long time, and I've never picked up on this. It, like, broke my heart that I didn't know that my friend, but everybody else did. Everybody else did. And I was like, how do you know? Like, how did you, how did you guys know? Did he tell you? They're like, oh, we just, there was some clues. I'm like, where? I was, like, so upset that I didn't know that my friend, it wasn't like, oh, my God, you're gay. We can't be friends. Like, we're still good friends. We still talk. Like, nothing, nothing, nothing has changed. You know? And so, and I tell him, like, I can't believe you did this to me. You didn't tell me sooner. I figured you picked up on it. <laughs> I was like, no. So, it's like our joke. But when she sat there, and I was like, that's cool. I was like, Ellen's with Bush. I'm like, that's cool. And then she got a heat for it. I'm like, whatever, you guys suck. And then she got even more heat. Mm -hmm. Because she was like, listen, I'm going to be friends with whoever I want to be friends with. Like, just because we have differing opinions on some things does not mean we cannot be friends. And I was like, you go, girl. And then she got even more heat. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was like, I started feeling sorry for her. I'm like, good Lord. Actors no, and actresses yeah. and, like, people are just, like, speaking. First of all, I don't give a crap what anybody in Hollywood says. All them liberal snowflake people, I don't care what none of them say. Because all of them said there's no way, especially Tom Hanks. I remember – I'll see Trump get elected when pigs fly and blah, 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 and whatever. Cows fall from the sky, you know. Well, look who's laughing now there, Tom Hanks. So. Well, the, um, so I feel like, and this is just my perception, which is another reason why I started the show last yep. year was because 
we're so I feel like we, the global we, well the 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 we in the United States, we're so polarized. Collective we. The collective we, the royal we. Um <laughs> I was gonna do my queen impression voice, but I won't I'll spare you and the listeners for the royal we joke. But uh the the collective we we're so polarized because of these things called feelings. And if I could just delve into politics just just real quick. Um, Boy, be careful. Well, no, no. I, I mean, yeah. So I, w- I will be. But I mean, th- look, there's no topics off off limits here. I, I've said oftentimes that like my ideal guest would be David Duke because I want to understand <laughs> his point of view because I don't understand his point of view. But uh, um, and I'm, that doesn't mean I condone anything that he stands for. Yeah. Uh, but I but I still want to learn. So if you can yeah. teach me something, that, you know, there's no topics sure. off limits. There's this is a safe zone. We're, we're, you're you're in the circle, Sean. You're, you're in, in the, the circle. You're in the circle of trust. You're in the there's, circle of trust. So so there's two topics that I'll never ever 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 talk about on my show, mm-hmm. and it is religion and politics. Well, we're not now. On your show. I, no 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 no. But <laughs> but what I'm saying is they they've had like like I've had guests where like oh God was was in my life and he like awesome. But we don't debate it. Like I'll never debate politics. I'll never debate religion because those are two polarizing topics that for some reason destroys relationships. It's like oh, Facebook. Do. It's they like Facebook, do. right? Like the destroyer of marriages. <laughs> no, no, it, it's true. It's true. <laughs> I don't understand. I, well, we'll talk about that in a second because I definitely want to talk about the perceptions of being online and hiding behind anonymity, which they're not really anonymous, but my point yeah. with politics is I want to delve back in time and I want to talk about the election with um, Bush, Clinton, and Ross Perot. Bush, Clinton, and who? Uh, Ross Perot. Ross Perot. Oh, Jesus. You're going back to the mid-90s. Early. I 90s. am. I am. I'm going back. Wow. Like, I don't know. I literally don't know anything about you other than what you told me and what I've said. So I'm, I'm I. Buckle I'm, up. Right. Exactly. So I don't know if you know or not, but. Oh, I know. Let's. So. And I don't want to talk about the politics and who believed what. What I want to talk about is fact versus feelings. Love it. Because one of those three candidates, when he was on debates, actually pulled out charts and had like a PowerPoint. Well, that was, well back then it wasn't PowerPoint. Had like oh, a slideshow or whatever you want to call it, like with charts of facts and figures and was talking about facts. The other two candidates were talking in terms of feelings. And I only bring up that election because it's a very physical thing that people can look up to see my point. Like they can Google this and see what I'm talking about. Like Ross Pro didn't speak in, in feelings. He spoke in facts. He wanted to win the election on facts. Yep. Uh, but because we're a two-party system, which, uh, spoiler alert, everybody knows this because I've bitched about it before, is I'm against the two-party system. I feel like we need more choices, but that's David's personal opinion. We don't need to debate that unless you want to. But um, I feel like, well, it's my observation that in today's day and age, all of the candidates, including previous presidents, including our incumbent, including all candidates that we have seen are very rarely speaking in facts. They're all speaking in terms of like using feelings and they're using feelings to, to manipulate the voters responses and they're eliciting the right responses because that's how you win an election today. Again, these are just David's observations. Sean, you jump in there and you 
either throw me life draft or like drown me. Either way, go ahead. It's either one's fine. Well, look, look, look at all of Trump's videos. All of his, all of his campaign videos. You can see him on Facebook Watch. You can see him uh, on different um, platforms. All of them are in are, are in feelings. None of them are in fact. The only fact would be like Elizabeth Warren lied about her Indian heritage. Bernie Sanders, his tax whatever would be ninety six percent. You know what like. Sure, those facts, but most of his marketing is all inducing a feeling of, I don't like these other people and I want to vote for Trump. Like, that's the feel, like, that's, that's how marketing is. Exactly. If you look at, if you look at any marketing, people are like the real marketers. Like when Coca-Cola, so, so first of all, I love, I love category design mm -hmm. and how you become a category king. And all of the ones that are category kings do something very different and they do it emotionally and powerfully. So when Coca-Cola came out with the Santa Claus Coca-Cola oh, right, yeah. and polar yep. bears, yep. everybody was like, oh, if Pepsi did it, Pepsi probably would be more popular than coke but pepsi will never beat coke it doesn't matter if they host support market whatever doesn't like any word in the dictionary doesn't matter they even like sponsored the super bowl and they still will not overtake coke so look at amazon it's emotional i've never seen an amazon ad like like, hey, buy from us. Like, I've, been, <laughs> I've never seen an Amazon ad. It's always like some of the things that they got coming out with, like, um, like the Amazon Fire Stick or a tablet or like some kind of like new device. Mm -hmm. But again, it's appealing to the problem solving. And it's appealing to the emotional state of people. Can you imagine not doing business on this? No, I can't. I must have it. So I, I totally understand exactly what you're saying. And nobody cares about stats and figures and whatever. It's all about what I think, feel, and believe. And what I think, feel, and believe is right. And my need to be right is more important than somebody else's stats and figures. And I could never run for president because I would lose royally because I'm a stat and figure guy. Everybody else could talk about all this other stuff. I'm a strategic planner. All of my businesses were strategically planned out. Everything I've ever done. And I'm a stat and figure guy. I will, I will spew out facts and figures all day long because I speak in fact. I never speak in opinion unless somebody asks for it. I like that approach. Um, I, I identify with what you're saying. I, I will say that uh, I probably am a little bit more shy than you are. Uh, when it comes to um somebody told me i was aggressive one time <laughs> like no, I was, I, i'm not saying that so i was funny. aggressive like i mean when you're talking about it i can hear the passion in these things i mean people often confuse passion with aggression i mean uh, yeah. aggression is a is is a very specific word and i don't i feel like we've lost our vocabulary so have you ever seen the movie idiocracy 
Uh, I don't watch a lot of movies. I don't think so. So Mike Judge, um, creator of Beavis and Butthead, wrote a movie called Idiocracy. <sighs> so basically, let me give you the premise. And, and if you don't, please, like, if I could assign you homework, if I could be that person, like, please just watch this movie. Um, so basically what it is, is there's this guy. He's literally the most average human on the earth, and he gets frozen. And they're doing a cryogenic experiment. And they take all of these just average, like, people that nobody's going to miss if the experiment goes wrong. They freeze a bunch of them. Well, fast forward, I forget how many years, but we're in the future. This program has, like, been defunct for many years. There's two survivors, one man and one woman. They are the most average people in the world of our time, but in this time, they are leap years above everybody else in intelligence because uh, everybody's gotten stupid. Um, there's like the devices do everything for everybody. Nobody knows how to actually do anything. And it's just, it, it's literally become like, if we're not careful, we could very much go there. Wow. We, we could become there. So basically the premise is smart people stopped having babies and all the dumb people stopped, kept having more and more babies. Oh my gosh. Um, it, it's just, I'm doing a horrible job explaining it, but I, I don't want to give <laughs> no, away. I, totally I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to give away too much because I would like you to watch it. I feel like you would take away a lot from that movie. <laughs> um, just a lot. Uh, it is a mindless movie. So don't feel like you're going to learn things, but it is a little bit prophetic. Um, so Sean, I want to, I want to delve into this because this is something that, that I struggle with and maybe you have okay. the answer. How do we steer people away from their need to be right is more important than, um, you phrased it better than I'm, I'm summarizing it, but basically conversations go south very quickly because people's need to be right is more important than the actual answer or the actual outcome Correct. of the conversation. Correct. Um, and actually, oftentimes, if I, if I could just back up for just a second, we'll talk about that specifically, but I just talked to Jerry Brazy um, last night, uh, pre-recording a different episode, and he was talking about, um, he's a very successful executive, he's had 25 companies, and he was talking about uh, wow. how, he, how he attained his path to success. And you know, his current company has over $450 million in revenue, and his point was like, I want people to come up and talk to me and be like, hey, how did you get to where you are? He's like, I have a story I want to share. I want people to, you know, I want people to succeed. But he's like, right. nobody talks to me because they're afraid to talk to me because I'm the CEO who drives a fancy car. He's like, I'm just a person. And so my point there is people have this internal dialogue before they engage a conversation. They often play it out start to finish. And I oftentimes think, is that a self-fulfilling prophecy? Like, and most of the times conversations in, in our heads as we're having, because we're going to have a difficult conversation, people overthink it. And it's always 9,000 times more negative than it, than it should be. Yep. I agree. So I just want you to know, like, as we talk about this, this is where my, this is where my thought process comes from when we're going to talk about this. This next question is how do we get beyond the, the, the need, the, the absolute need to be right, being more yeah. important. How, how do yeah. we get, how do we steer a conversation? How do we get, 
how do we reach people to get them to look beyond their own is selfishness the right word to use in this case yeah so it's by having respect for the relationship and leading with empathy and emotional intelligence okay that was a great answer that's the it, answer it it, it, it it was and it's kind of what i expected you to say but what i need you to do for me please <laughs> Is okay. can you break it down and use littler words in longer sense? <laughs> littler words. Um, so your emotional intelligence is basically, in my, in my definition, is your awareness of other people's emotions and and how they're how they're feeling. So your, I believe that your EQ is more important than your IQ. Your ability to be aware of and aware of other people's emotions and how they're feeling as well as how you express your emotions and how you handle those relationships, those interpersonal problem-solving moments, especially between spouses or even between parents and children, but how you handle those interpersonal relationships is more important than how smart you are. And, and I believe that emotional intelligence is absolutely above all the most important pathway to success in your personal and professional life. So with that said, my need to be right in an argument with my wife actually does harm to the relationship rather than promote good emotional connectivity. And by emotional connectivity, I mean she's not going to want to have a debate with me because I'm spewing facts and figures. I'm like, no, you're wrong. I'm right. And she feels like she's being attacked. Maybe she doesn't have all the information. Maybe she's just asking a question. Maybe she just doesn't know. Maybe she just wants my opinion. But if I go way off, half-cocked, getting aggressive or passionate or whatever, and I must be right, and my need to be right by her validating that, yep, you're right. I'm like, I know. I know I'm right. It's actually doing harm to the relationship. What I have the satisfaction of knowing is that I'm right. That's me personally. I have the satisfaction. Like, if you ask me what, what two plus two is, and I say four, I'm like, no, it's probably five. Like, I think it's five. And I'm like, whatever, I'm not going to argue with you. It's freaking four, so I'm not going to argue with you. They can argue all they want. I have the satisfaction of knowing that, that I know that two plus two is four. Everybody knows in the world that this is correct, but there's always that one person that wants to debate it. Well, no, well, I don't think so. And, you know, I don't even, I don't even waste my energy. Because my need to be right is less important than the need to fulfill that relationship. And so I don't even argue. I'm like, you know what? You believe whatever it is that you want to believe because the truth always wins. In the end, in every argument, in every debate, the truth always wins. It's going to come out. It always does. Call it karma. Call it what you will. But the truth is always going to win. And when I know the facts and I know the figures and I know the statistics and I know the truth, then I don't need, I don't feel the need to debate anybody because I, because you're wasting your time. They're going to believe whatever it is that they're going to believe. And it's not my job in this world to change somebody's beliefs. 
again, if they want my opinion, if they want my, um, if they want to debate it, if, if they want to know what my two cents are, I'll give it to them, but be prepared because most people don't like it, you know, because I, I again, I speak in fact, I speak in facts, figures, statistics, whatever, I speak in truth. And I want to have great relationships with people. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, my emotional intelligence is high enough to where I can see where this conversation is going to go. That's why I don't allow religion debating like religion, politics, like, like, well, let's talk about uh, this, you know, Trump's uh, impeachment. You know, like we don't talk about that on my show. I've actually had senators want to come on my show. I'm not even, I'm not even joking. This is not a lie. I've had two senators, both Republican want to come on my show. Like their staff. Yeah. I was like, Oh my, like, and they're high priority people. I'm like, Oh, Oh my gosh. Like, like I was freaked out. Like I did something wrong. You're like, Hey, like your show. We heard a couple episodes. We really want to come on and talk about this, this, this it's election season, you know? And I, I was like, I do not allow, um, really, uh, politics or religion on my show. Um, so no, I have to respectfully decline. I love that you listen to my show, but no. And then they email back to like, please, can we, like, we really want to come on the show and we really like it. And like, they're begging me to come on the show. I'm like, no. And they're like, okay, fine. So it, it like weirded me out, but I have to, I have to like, we can't debate certain things because it's people's need to be right. You know, with, with abortions, mm-hmm. you know, people, people's need to be right or even be heard is more important than understanding somebody else's beliefs. And that is what has gotten us in trouble. That single statement I just made, people's yeah. need to be right and people's need to be heard is more important than accepting someone else's belief of the same topic. And if you're not tolerant of somebody else's beliefs, if you're not accepting that somebody else believes like, like David, I could say that, you know, I understand where you're coming from, but I just, I can't get behind what you're saying and that should be okay. But sometimes it's not like, well, we can't be friends. Like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, I agree. And I don't understand where that like instantaneous shut off valve comes from. And I'm glad that you phrased it that way. Cause I wrote a few notes this time while you were talking. So I wouldn't forget. Um, because I need to do that, but um, comes with age. But I was going to ask you to take us there next is because first, let me just say this is that I always like to ask people like when we're having an emotional uh, intelligence conversation, if I'm doing a coaching session or whatever, uh, I'm like, okay, and, and an old man and a young man get into a fight. Whose fault is it? And a young man and an old man get into a fight. Yep. Whose fault is it? Well, the perception is both of them. Well, but you'd have to, you have to dig a little deeper and find out like, did the young man come over to that old man and just like start punching him in the face for no reason? Or is that young man and that old man, like, are they father and son? Um, are they having a disagreement? Like, I mean, you'd need so, more info, but yeah, I, mean, I, I will help you out a both, little bit. So, so both of them, emotional intelligence wise, both of them is their fault because emotional intelligence 
says that you should be able to handle your feelings and your expression of those feelings. So if you're screaming and yelling and carrying on and one person is being calm, then the person who is screaming and carrying on is at fault. They're wrong. You shouldn't act like that. But anyway. No, and that's okay. So in, in the example that I give, and I appreciate you walking me through all those because nobody's actually, actually delved into it like that before. So it's nice you. to, no, no, it's nice to talk Facts to somebody figures, like this is the stuff I geek out on. Like, this is awesome. So like in, yeah. in the example, I just, I keep it general because we're talking about like difficult conversations and stuff. And in the example, old man, young man, get a fight. And the, 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 I blame the old man because he should know better not to get into an argument because he's got life experience. He should know better and know how to handle a situation. Like you can have somebody who's less experienced and I know this is more, I'm speaking for myself, is that when I am blessed with the opportunity, whether it be online or within person, when I get somebody who is uh, wanting to argue, I don't rise to the occasion, not meaning I won't have a discussion, but I don't let it rise to the level of an argument. So therefore, then it goes from argument into a fight. So what I mean by I should have said the word, I'll change it to the word argument there. I'm changing it right now in my notes, argument, not fight. Um, so that's the answer that I usually help people with is to just, then I walk them down a path of how to self-regulate and think beyond like their need to be right. Um, but I like the way you, you said it, you added a word in there. You said heard. People feel like they need to be heard, right? And absolutely, so there's we're an importance. There's a there's a there's a value and an importance there. And most people just want to be heard. What? Why? So let me let me, I, I'm just curious just to know your thought process on this. And why do you think people aren't feeling heard today? a great question i mean i'm asking because i have an opinion on this obviously because it just came up while we were yeah. talking but yeah. but i I'm, and i and i you know so i well, i'm curious to think or to know what you think about my it. first my first thought my literal first thought why people don't feel like they're heard just that <clears throat> my initial response and what I was thinking and feeling as you were saying that is that there's a lot of noise, you know, with social media and podcasting and, and there's so many different avenues to get your message heard. But then there's also the ones that are speaking out louder than the ones that really want to be heard. They're the more aggressive ones uh, call them the deplorables, call them whatever it is that you want to call them. There are people who are sick of the politically correct. They are, there are people that are mad that Trump's president. There are people that are mad that one thing or another, whatever. Our, our problem is that there are those who want to be heard, but are respectful enough to not to not try to be louder than the next person just for the sake of being louder. Does that make sense? It so does. I'm not a mean person. 
but I can be. I used to be a drill instructor for basic training. I can be. I just don't want to be. If my need to be right was stronger than anything else, then I would super be aggressive. And you've seen it with Antifa, and you've seen it with um, you know Black Lives Matter, and you've seen it with other protesters. You know, on the right, on the left, like you've seen it. Their need to be heard was louder and 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 more important to them than understanding why the other side was was there or protesting or whatever and i and i and really to answer your question most people don't want to rock the boat they just kind of like sit back and like okay well this is getting too crazy and maybe it's not worth it to me however if there was a topic, a polarizing topic like abortion, you bet they're out there yelling and screaming and everything because that to them is do not cross this line. So you might see a mom who is really like really reserved and she's kind of quiet and doesn't really want to argue, doesn't really want to rock the boat, but you hurt one of her kids and she's coming after you mm-hmm. and she's going to be relentless because that's the line you don't cross. So I think that when there's a line and, and they've drawn it in the sand, if they go to cross that line, you're going to hear from them. But as long as that line's not crossed, they're pretty quiet. Interesting. And um, yeah, I was thinking of a real What's life example. Well, my opinion is that there's, I think people are, more isolated now than we've ever been because of being online and uh the online world is not reality people are posting their pictures of hawaii they're posting their whatever their vacation Mm -hmm. that's just one week in a representation of their entire life you know but they're not posting the data well let me rephrase that people either post i feel this is just my perception people constantly this is just my newsfeed really um, people constantly post like all the negative stuff or all the positive stuff. There's really no in between of like daily day to day stuff, unless you're talking about the people that post pictures of their food, which just means they're lonely and they want attention. Um, but, or there may be a food critic. I don't know. God bless you if you're a yeah. food critic. Um, you know, I, I don't I, see I, duck lip selfies anymore. No, I'm thank God the duck lip. Yeah, but I, yeah, thank you. Can we just. Thank you for for that, because that was like a horrible state of affairs. So I feel like people are building up these other people's lives in their head. We don't talk anymore. It's just online communication, which gets very disgruntled people together that are feeling lonely, and then it just perpetuates the loneliness and the isolation. And then they feel like they're not really being heard, because when they're online, they're arguing with strangers about nothing. you know, like, I don't know if you've heard this latest one, but President Trump uh, breathed oxygen yesterday. So that's that's probably going to cause some consternation across the world. And, and um, <laughs> you know, just he drew a breath. That's that's or, you know, fill in the blank. I don't mean to single him out. I need a safe out. space fill, now. Yeah. <laughs> I need fill in the space. blank. Fill in the blank with whoever, whichever politician. Like I just used him. Did you hear be- last year that somebody got kicked off an airplane for bringing a therapy peacock? Oh my god! Did you see the? Did you see the therapy pony? <laughs> no. <laughs> what? There's what? You gotta, 
Sean, take a moment, Google it while I'm doing my diatribe here. Google therapy okay. miniature pony. I, I'm, I'm, I'm on it. I'm on it right now. will not be disappointed. Um, so I was going to bring oh up a gosh. real. Oh my gosh, I'm Google. <laughs> I, I, I'm oh going to bring God. up a real life example. Do you there. remember when there was that uh, skirmish in Washington, D.C. between the school children and the oh tribe? Oh my the God. Tribe? So I'm, I'm bringing it up again. I'm going to bring it up in a way that isn't, uh, it's not politically yeah. charged, but it is. So I'm talking about this in the means of social media. So I have a bunch of friends. I'm fortunate. I have a very diverse friend group. I, I do. And I love that diversity. That's part of the reason why I'm friends with as many people as possible. I just, I, I like the diversity. So, but all of my friends that were, they were siding with the, the, the tribal elder without knowing the full facts. And they were crucifying this this young child um, for for standing there, and but nobody knew the real story. So I spent lots of time. I spent. I I went down. I mean, you want to talk about the rabbit hole? I went through. I came up on the other side in China. Um, so for those of us listening worldwide, there's a joke in the United States where if like you dig down deep enough, you're going to come out through China. I don't know why. I blame Rugs Bunny as a child growing up because that's always where he ended up. But yeah. Um, uh, anyway, um, but there were videos that, that showed that there was this other group, uh, a minority group that was the one shouting racial and ethnic slurs. And there was a whole thing happening. So I posted all of this information and I don't know why I just felt like I was trying, this was probably what helped me start the podcast because I was like, you guys, there's, if there's something like, you need to look beyond what you're being fed because what you're being fed is meant to sell you an advertisement in some way, shape or form. That's the way you're like, media companies exist to thrive and grow. They don't exist to give you information. Right. So that's why things are sensationalized. And again, this is just the world according to David is that like, sure. they wouldn't be in business if they weren't making money. I mean, if we're not right. making money, we're a nonprofit. And then we're and media companies aren't nonprofit. And then even nonprofit companies, guess what? I've run a couple, they need to make money. Yeah. But I digress. So my point is, is like there was a lot of back and forth on social media. And I, uh, just with personal friends, I lost a few friends for my air quote views when I really was trying to maintain like a, an extreme sense of neutrality. Oh, and I was, I was targeting the media response and all of like, like you mentioned earlier, the, the celebrity responses, the whatever, like people who don't know their head from their, a hole in the ground are chiming in on something they don't know. Nobody was there. Now I will wow. say about just to tie that up to about that event, I feel like what it would have been healthy and, full of growth as if the two people involved and would have just sat down together and had a conversation. I mean, God forbid they should actually talk to each other, but maybe they have, I don't know. I let that go. But my point was I had a lot of friends that wanted to be heard. They wanted their opinion out there. And I was like, why do you have this opinion? Like when I would ask people questions, Sean, about why they have their opinion, how they got to where they got, it was, I got blank stares back. And I, I they were influenced by the media. So, or, yeah. They were influenced by by their peers. Because the consensus is that I believe this one thing and if you don't believe what we believe then you are the devil. We or um, or, or or whatever. 
right? You so, get past that. yeah. So you, if you don't believe what I believe, then you are a, a right winger, horrible person. You hate, you know, whatever. Or the other way is if you don't believe what I believe, then you're a snowflake liberal feeling person. You know, like, I don't know. I, I've got friends that, that believe in all kinds of things. And I have a joke on Facebook that I put. And I don't, I don't really, I mean, there's not too much that I really strongly believe in. There's things that I believe, and I'm always up for debate. You know, like, like, I mean, I was raised Catholic and I think that it's wrong. Um, just like I think Mormons are wrong or, you know, any other religion that, that doesn't follow like the Bible. Right. So, you know, I go to a non-denominational church. I'm always up for debate. I'm like, well, why do you believe that? Why are you Protestant over Methodist or why are you Lutheran over Mormon? Like, why do you believe, you know, and most people are like, well, it's kind of how I was raised and you know, we never really changed. I always question everything. So do I, always, I. I always question everything. Yep. So there's a, so there's a, there's a great research study that was done with four monkeys. Have you heard of it? Um, it's not ringing a bell. So please enlighten me. There's a research study with four monkeys. They put a banana in the, in the middle of the cage. Mm-hmm. And when they touched the banana, they got shocked. And each monkey tried to touch the banana and they got shocked. They replaced one monkey with, a, with one that had no idea what was going on. The one monkey reached for the banana and the three monkeys that got shocked stopped him. And he continuously did this for about four or five times. Finally, the, that, that monkey, the new monkey, didn't touch the banana. They replaced the second monkey. And again, other three monkeys stopped the stopped the uh, person with you know, the monkey that was trying to grab the banana. Did this about four or five times, and so at the end of the research study, they replaced all four monkeys. So none of these monkeys in this cage have been shocked by taking the banana, but none of them reached for the banana, and nobody knows why. None of the monkeys don't, none of the monkeys know why they can't reach for the banana. They just know that we can't reach for it because they were stopped by the other monkeys. I'm going to have to look that study up. That's the, I mean, I've read other similar studies, um, but that's, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, mind blowing. I love that. I love everything about that. That's the power of perception. That's the power of unity. That's the power of peer pressure, bullying. I mean, if you look at any research study that has anything to do with bullying, peer pressure, you know, if you don't believe what I believe, then you're outcast. That's mm-hmm. like, that's mm-hmm. like with, with, you know, my wife's from Utah. She has a lot of friends that used to be Mormon who are not Mormon anymore. And they're literally not allowed to talk to their parents. They can't talk to their siblings. Like they're outcasted from their family because they choose not to follow that faith and they're outcasts. So it's easier to just blind faith and have a family than to stand up for your beliefs and be outcast. That's crazy. It, it, it is crazy. It, it is crazy. And uh, so you kind of struck a nerve, not in a bad way, but uh, I've been looking for somebody to talk about this with, and, and I'm just bringing this up. Like I'm not asking you to talk Let's about it now. It. Cause, 
Well, let's do well, it. It'll go a long way. So like David's <laughs> personal, we'll, we'll, we'll be on for like another three hours, which I could do, but I don't want to <laughs> do that to you. But David is struggling and I'm talking about myself in the third person, which I hate when I do that. But just to let you know, like I'm personally struggling with um, religion and I have over the years as I've gotten older, um, I have come to study religion. I've read multiple different versions of the Bibles. I've read, you, you know, other religious books on other religions, you know, cause I want to understand where they're coming from. Um, I, my problem that, that, that I'm having is with organized religion. And again, this is just a, a David personal thought. I'm not against church. I'm not against the idea of God or anything like that, but I am thinking more and more that organized religion is a, it has been and is a means to control people. 100%. That's why I'm not a Catholic. Well, you, so you're a reformed. Um, you're, 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 I'm. Did you know that is, most people, did you know that most people find God when they leave religion? I did not know that. Um, that's most actually people will find God when they leave religion. And that might spark some debate for your listeners because they might be a Catholic. They might be a Mormon. They might be whatever. And again, this is, this is a polarizing topic. No, it it is. A lot of studies have, have, have gone into, you know, the, the FLDS. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the fundamentalist Latter-day Saints with their polygamists. Yep. Um, Is that in the Bible? Is that in there? They're, they're Mormon. Bible is that in their golden tablets or whatever? Like, is where does it say that, right? So, again, we go to a non-denominational, and I and I here's what I love about it. Mm-hmm. I love it when the pastor walks on stage and say, "Okay, we're going to open our Bibles, and it doesn't matter if your Bible is covered in plastic or if it's covered in sheepskin. If the Bible of the front cover says genuine leather, then I will believe that it is genuine leather. Here at this church, we believe from cover to cover." If there's a misspelling on this Bible on the front cover, then we believe that that is how the word is meant to be spelled. Like, I mean, they literally, if it's not in the Bible, then we don't follow it. Like the whole like gay and religion and whatever. Our pastor's like, find me in the Bible where it says that gays will be struck down by God. In this church, we, we allow people to express themselves and come as you are. Come at, you want to be a pot smoking hippie? Come as you are. Just don't smoke pot in my church. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like right. there, and the pastor's like, and he's, and thousands of people go to this. Church. He said, we are accepting of everyone. We will pray for you and try to correct the error of your ways, but we are accepting of everyone. The church is a hospital for sick people, not a monument for saints. And, uh, and, and everybody's like, Oh, you know, and do you know how many other religions, like I, I, there's Catholics and Lutherans and Mormons. I mean, there's all kinds of people who go to the church because they left that religion and they become more spiritual and they become, they become more, uh, you know, like, like Lutherans don't believe in Mary. They don't mm-hmm. worship Mary. Like Catholics worship Mary, which is one of my, which was one of my things. I'm like, well, if, if we're not supposed to have any, any, you know, worshiping higher power than God and Jesus, whatever, then, why are we praying to saints and why are we, why are we praying to Mary and why are we holding Mary on this pedestal? And like, you're not supposed to be, you know, there's all kinds of conflicting Bible says this, this religion says this, you know, whatever. 
And, and I 100% agree with you. I think religion is used to control people. 100% I do. So, well, I, I'm, look, confirmation bias is a great thing. So thank you. <laughs> uh, I, 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 <laughs> I appreciate. Yes, it is. I, I appreciate the gift you just gave me. Um, but I, I am, I'm struggling because my wife, um, my wife who I've been fortunately married to for 26 years and been together with for 29 because um, we're old we're, we're in our late 40s but um, not that she did it all I just thought I'd people like to do the math at home so yes we got I say this I've said this before we got <laughs> married young you know we knew what we wanted and uh, you know we're still together yeah we might be that unicorn couple but it can happen if you're willing to put in the work relationships are hard there this isn't easy but it was worth it it is worth it right but um, so yeah that's my I um, I found, I'll say this this way. I didn't find God through her. I found religion through her because she was, she grew up, her mother was in an orphanage and was almost a nun and all that stuff. So like I found religion through her and I'm just, I struggle because she still wants to go to go and I don't find any value in going to a Catholic mass. And again, this is not a Catholic bashing session. Neither one of us are bashing Catholics. If you're Catholic, have fun. I'm just saying this is my own personal struggle that we're talking about here. And Sean is nice enough to um, go away from his rules and talk about this with me. So I appreciate that. Uh, so we're struggling. I'm struggling with that because if I don't go, then she doesn't go. And then I feel guilty because she wants to go. Um, so that's just. I Why does she want to go? does she believe in it or is it just something that she was raised Catholic and needs to go? No, she believes in it, which is okay. And I don't mean to sound like so dismissive about it, but I mean, she, she believes yeah. in it. She really, she likes it. She sure. believes in it. And I think, you know, honestly thinking about it and talking through it now, um, because I've not had anybody to talk to about this with literally, even with mm -hmm. all my friends, I just haven't, but I don't feel a sense of community within the Catholic church. I'm not saying that people right. aren't feel nice. judged. If you feel judged. I mean, yeah, I'm judged enough in life as it is. I don't need to go to church and feel judged. I that mean, was one but, of my biggest complaints with my mother's church. I'm like, why do I come in and they're like staring at me? Like, who is this person? Like you, and, and they don't talk to you. They just, they, they, they're like all holier than thou, you know? And, 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 you know, there's so many people struggling but there's no community. There's no, there's nobody going, hi, welcome to our church. And you know, where, what, you know, what can we do for you? Can we pray for you? What are you dealing with? You know, all the other stuff. They're like, you keep that negativity to yourself. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. You know, so yeah, I just, I'll, yeah, I'll agree. I just don't. Yeah. The church that, that, that we kind of go to now is welcoming. I mean, I, but there's no, like, we're not part of that community. Like I don't feel like right. there's, I just don't feel it's not that I guess that they're welcoming. I mean, there's, you're right. There's nobody that welcomes you into church. I mean, there's somebody at the front door that's like, Hey, how's it going? And then that's pretty much it. But I mean, and then in the beginning th there's, so if we're just going to break this down and this is total segue from what we really wanted to talk about these, this is my reality of, of Catholic churches. I can't stand the forced handshakes. I don't want to uh, greet the person. And it's yeah. not because I don't want to say hi. Like I'll greet the person. I want to meet the person next to me, but I don't want to have to, like, I have to shake your hand. Like I just saw you sneezing, coughing and hacking up a lung. 
I have health problems that I really, if I catch a, if I catch a germ, it's not, I don't, my body physically can't handle a cold like a normal person. It just can't like it goes, it goes severe. Like, so, and then you get the look, Oh, you don't want to shake my hand. But then I feel like I forced to shake their hands and then I've got a vat of like um, antibacterial stuff. I take that out and then there, you know, there's no win for me there. And it feels forced and, and just forced. I don't want to have to. Yeah. I don't know. That's just one small thing. But then again, <laughs> I don't really find a lot of value in, in the whole mass. And, and I don't, in the homilies, I don't really identify with anything during the homily. Right. But I digress. So that was uh, um, my perception is religion started, maybe, maybe religion started from good place way back when, you know, because there's religions that predate Christianity. There's religions like that predate uh, Judaism and stuff. I mean, there were, there was, there were people around stuff was there were happening. beliefs. Yeah. You know, was, so yeah, people were believing there was many, many gods and right. the Greeks believed there was a God of everything. Um, absolutely. So, so what is, so what is the right way? Well, I'm not saying that what I'm, I, but I, we can get into that if you want, but what I'm saying is that, um, there's many beliefs and people are allowed to believe whatever they want. Uh, but, Maybe somewhere along the line, somewhere, there was some nugget of truth that, and this goes in, this is why I brought this up. Thank you. Oh my God. I finally made my point. Everybody listening, sorry you had to go on this train wreck, but here it is. <laughs> Woo. So tying it back to the four monkeys, which is what I intended to do originally. Thank you for helping me get there, Sean. Um, so originally there was a nugget of truth. And then somewhere along the line, it changed for the benefit of mankind, uh, for, for man, not mankind. And then you insert new monkey over the years, and then you've got what we've got now is um, weird, you know, multiple splinters of religion when uh, the truth maybe is out there, but it was lost. I don't know. That's sure. just, again, a David theory, but... Um, yeah, I mean, if you go all the way back to, like, if you take Catholics, um, you can go all the way back to 300 AD when, when they were called the Cathites. The Cathites are people who lived in caves and, and secretly were, you know, preaching the Bible and, and growing numbers. And they, they thought that because we're, we're the Christians, we're the, we're the faith, like we are the faith of, of Jesus. You know, and then the Catholics kind of molded into the Catholics and then the Catholics, you know, maybe it was the Knights Templar that I think there was like an intermedium there, you know, where they kind of merged for a little bit. But I mean, if, I mean, you could look back at all of the religion and, and go and, you know, date its history of how one person it's like it's like telephone. Mm -hmm, you know, you mm -hmm. say one thing to somebody else to somebody else to somebody else, somebody else kind of they interpret it a certain way. You know, I interpret it a certain way. Who's right? You know, um, but that's what's great about the Bible, is that it's it's written and you get to interpret it however you want. That is a fair statement. That's what's um, great about it, because you might interpret like mine is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Love that verse. It's tattooed on my body. I interpret that very differently. Jeremiah 2011 says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to plans not to harm you, but to prosper you in good faith. So basically it's saying that you don't need my, me, 
non-Catholic says, I don't need to sweat it about my life and where my life is going because God already knows where my life is going. My mom, who is a hardcore Roman Catholic, says something completely different. That's not what that means. It doesn't mean friend of the plans I have for you. God is just saying that he is going to have plans to prosper you. You just don't know when. I'm like, yeah, but I don't need to sweat it. She goes, no, that's not what that means. I'm like, I don't, are you sure? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so, I mean, it's open to interpretation. I mean, if you think about it, it's open to interpretation. Some of it's not, some of it's not, you know, it, it literally tells you this is what you need to do. But then well, there's I other mean, passages. Thou shalt, yeah. Thou shalt not kill is pretty, pretty yep. clear, but I it's mean, I clear. agree with you. Yeah. I've, but I mean, yeah. So, so that's where the debates come in. It's like, no, that's not what he's saying, you know, and you get, I mean, people automatically will Google like, is being gay against the Bible? <laughs> like people will Google that stuff and be like, I told you. And it's like, well, it's not really what it's saying. Like it's not, and mind you, this is written year, like thousands of years ago where they didn't even know what mental health was mm-hmm. or emotional intelligence or empathy or anything. They didn't know anything. And there's no way they could have known that we'd have computers and Google, right? So for all we know, Googling something could be against the Bible. I mean, I don't, you know. True. So like for for example, for example, and and I'll literally, and this is why the debate of religion gets, gets so crazy. So there's a passage that says that you have not because you ask not. Ask, seek, not, right? Mm-hmm. Ask, ask, seek, knock. You're supposed to ask God and you're supposed to ask Jesus, not Google. So are we committing a sin because we're asking Google for everything when we should be asking God and Jesus? See what I'm saying? No, I definitely am. I'm, I'm, now we go I'm into another religious debate. Is it a sin or not? Right. Oh, well, if, if, uh, I mean, my view of the catechism is yes, it, everything's a sin. Yeah. 100%. So, so and for, those, for those people that don't know, the catechism is a side rule book that uh, us Catholics, if you're a Catholic. It's an extra six books in the Bible. Yeah. That nobody else follows. So it's the and rule. So, yep. Yeah. yeah. Catholics actually have their own Bible. Uh, they've added some things. But my whole debate with my mom is I'm like, mom, it doesn't matter what I do. As long as I don't break the Ten Commandments, like I'm golden. She goes, no. I'm like, yeah, because Jesus forgives you of your sins. So basically it's saying that as long as I have a relationship with Jesus, is literally, as long as I have a relationship and I might sin, I might get mad at my wife, I might show anger, which you're not supposed to do. I might lie as a joke or so, I don't know, whatever. You can come up with any kind of, kind of way. Um, I'm not being Christian-like. I might not hold open a door for somebody. I might say something mean to somebody because I'm upset. And I might commit a sin. I said, but mom, it doesn't matter because Jesus is already forgiven of your sins anyways. As long as you repent, as long as you apologize, as long as you maintain that relationship with Jesus in your heart, then you can pretty much do whatever you want. And she gets so mad. I don't know if I'm being 
like a smart ass, you know, like, I don't know. But really, if you think about it, like he's forgiven of your sins anyways. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's not like mm-hmm. he's like, oh, you sin, you're dead. You're dead. You're toast. Yeah, you're gone. You know, it's not buddy. how it works. Yeah, it's so, not how it works. Say you know, hi as to long the hot you, zone. Right? As long as you ask for forgiveness and repent and, you know, like, like you're golden. You know, as long as you're not breaking those 10, because every, I think it was in the old Testament where he said that you sin, you die. Like you're condemned to hell. Like you die. And then, you know, but anyway, I don't, I don't want to get too far. No, into that, no, but that, that, that's, so I will. That's one of the, that's one of the things that my mom and I debate a hundred percent of the time. I said, why do Catholics have to go in and they have to confess to a man? When the Bible says that you must confess all sins to Jesus, I don't need a man to do that. I don't need to go into this wooden box and pray 10 Hail Marys and five Our Fathers and pretend like I'm absolved of my sins. That's not, that's not, that's not penance. That's not, that's not like you do community service and you're forgiven of your sins. That's not how that works. Jesus is already forgiven of your sins. So why do I need to say penance? Why do we need to pray the same prayer 10 times for, for, for some reason? Jesus is like, you're good. You've said the Hail Mary 10 times. You're good. I forgive you. No, he already did that. He died on the cross. That, that, was his, that was him forgiving us and absolving us of our sins forever, for infinity, forever. So why do I have to sit inside of a box and talk to a guy I've never met and confess to him when the Bible says that no man shall ever confess to, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, could, I mean, mm-hmm. I can pull it up, but I'm paraphrasing. No, no, it's fine. You know, no man, you know, um, you confess to no man, but, but to God himself or some, some, somewhere along there. Right. So, so why would I do that? Like that kind of go, that kind of goes against the Bible. She goes, because that's the way we do it. I'm like, that's not the way the Bible says it. And then she's like, Oh, well, let me get my Bible. <laughs> and then she starts thumbing through it, you know, but, uh, but that was my biggest thing. I'm like, you know, and, and so our pastor will read things like that. And he'll say, you know, it's, it's a relationship between you and Jesus. It's a relationship between you and him that makes you absolved of your sins. I was like, okay, I get that. All right. And then he backs it up with scripture. So really our pastor is kind of that, that fact guy. He says, I believe in this and this is why. Boom. And he uses the new international version. He'll use the King James version. He'll use the, um, oh, there's another one that I can not remember off the top of my head. There's like tons of versions of Bibles. There's, there's tons of versions. That's tons. the splintering effect that I talked about earlier. Yep. There's tons. There's different dialects. There's different, um, um, what do we call it? Translations, you know, but anyway, that's, that's one of my biggest ones. Like I'm not, you know, so whenever we go to visit my mom, you know, I live in North Carolina. She lives in Michigan. We go to church. I'm also, you have to go to church. I'm like, I guess. And so my kids hate that church. They're like, this is so boring. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're, we're in like the Bible belt, you know, where everybody's like clapping and having fun and like singing and, you know, all that stuff. Right. Yep. Laughing in church and like, you know, people are bringing in coffee. They're coming in jeans. Oh, my mom hated it. When she came out, she goes, oh, you're wearing jeans. I'm like, yeah, our pastor says, come as you are. There's guys wearing flip flops and shorts. Like, yeah, we don't we don't judge you on what you're wearing, and so purposely to a mass, I just wore jeans and a t-shirt. Mom was like, "I can't believe you're gonna wear that." I'm like, "You're judging me," because that's not church clothes. I'm like, "Where's in the Bible where it says I have to have a dress code? Where's it at?" 
Is well, it maybe any, even any less of a did, Christian? Even if it did, we would all need fine linen robes. So, right. But does that? But does that? Does that make me any less of a Christian because of the clothes that I wear? Again, perception is reality, right? It, well, exactly. Like, what about the person that can't afford the nice clothes that still goes to church? I mean, and really wants them? to have a relationship with God. Yep. Ex exactly. Um, so, anyway, to bring it down a notch, which I appreciate you taking there, <laughs> going there with me. Um, but I do because this is this is the type of conversation I would like to just have as an episode because I don't there's and this would be a a public therapy session for me really versus like an episode but right. I still air it anyway. <laughs> but uh fun fact, right. so I'm I'm in Houston and uh Oh Joel Osteen. Yep. Joel's here, um the Shooks are here, there's a, a couple of of large I have so much issue with Joel Osteen, it's it's unbelievable. Well that's that's um Definitely another topic. You're not the only one. There's a bunch of Houstonians that do too, based on just Harvey reaction. Like the but, dude lives in a mansion. Like I don't know, man. Whatever. Well, that we'll 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 just table that. And maybe we'll table can, that for next Maybe time. I can woo you on uh, back, and we'll talk about that. But what I was gonna right. say, so like down here, some people will actually have a debate with me about whether Catholicism is Christian, a Christian-based religion. Of course it is. Well, but they don't perceive it. They're like, well, I go to the Christian church. Well, you know, I'm Catholic Christ. No, no, that's not. We're Christian. I'm like, um, do you understand where your Christian church splintered away from, like, way back when? I'm like, let's, let's go back in time, shall we? Let's, 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 you know, I don't remember the name of the cartoon with the little dog with the glasses who always took people back in yeah. time, but let's, yeah. let's be that guy. Um, okay, see this king? He wanted to execute all his wives and see this church. Yeah, that's the Catholic church. They said, no, that's probably not a good idea. Even though they let him do it several times, they're like, no, eighth time, no way, dude. And he's like, screw you. I'm going to form my own church. Welcome Episcopalians into the world. Yep. That, you know, I mean, and then every, I'm like, so all of these other things have splintered away from like, from, I'm like, if you're going to do something, you should know where it comes from, shouldn't you? Yep. And so anyway, I just thought you'd get a kick out of that is there's, I've come across that at least three different times now. And I've been here two and a half years. Um, no, I go to the Christian church. Well, you know, um, uh, that guy on the cross that's in Catholicism. Yeah. That's, uh, Jesus just thought you should know. So anyway, I thought you'd like that, that little I like knowledge, it. knowledge. Tidbit. I like it. Um, but we talked a lot about, oh, wow, we covered a lot of ground today, man. We, we, we started did. off with uh, just the in interpretation of perception really isn't, isn't reality. And I, nobody's ever called me on that before. And I never really thought about it because of the way that I perceived my own thing. So I appreciate that new view. Um, I'm not changing anything because I've got too much invested <laughs> in what I've already got. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's 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 all good. <laughs> that's all good. I just when I when I saw your your name, we were in a Facebook group, you know, talking about podcast guests and names of shows and things like that. And I was like, perception. I was like, dude, I need to come on that show and get this off my chest. It is one of the oh man, because like literally, like somebody could screw something up, or or even better, happily married. Mm -hmm. I have many female friends. I could be at a dinner 
with a female friend or possibly a client, or maybe that's my coach. I have female coaches. Maybe that's my coach. We're on a one-on-one dinner. Somebody can walk by and go, I know that guy. He's married. And then snap a picture and send it to my wife. And my wife could freak out and go, oh, my God, he's cheating on me. The perception is he's having a one-on-one dinner with a female. He's cheating on her. Perception isn't always reality. It, it certainly, it certainly but it is But it certainly not. gets there, but it certainly gets there very quickly. <laughs> it gets there very quickly, right? So, so I totally dig your name, and I, and I love where you, where you took it. Thank you. Because, um, because you're, you're, you're tackling something that I believe that is someone's safe space. I, I believe agree. what I believe, and I'm right. Yes, thank, that's my I'm perception. Gonna, my my perception is right. I'm right. Yep, it's a safe space. I'm writing that term down. Hopefully, I remember to quote you. I will try to um, at all times. <laughs> Someone's but, yeah. perception is their safe space. They perceive it this way because because we're wired to to perceive danger, threats, and safety. And yes. so, if they perceive this situation as I'm going to confront this person danger danger my brain is going off danger danger i'm scared they're not going to do it because they're afraid yep the perception is well i'm just going to be right and they're going to be aggressive about it and i'm just going to walk away and so that's their safe space someone's perception is actually their safe space that i've never thought about it that way so i want to thank you for that i did write that down and i'm going to use that and remember it um because that's, that's yeah, that's like, that makes a lot of sense. I need to, I mm-hmm. have so much I could say, but I don't want to because I, I'm a, I need to actually, like this is one of those moments where I actually need to sit and think about that. I like to do that. Like people, oh yeah, and, and I say this a lot. So people perce- misperceive my kindness as a weakness. It's really not like I'm, I'm a very yeah. kind person. It's not a weakness. It's, it's not. And I will argue that all day long. Um, but. Um, if like we're in a conversation with somebody and I, they've made a really good point. Like that's where I was talking about earlier with the pregnant pause. Like you've really got me, I'm thinking about it. And like, this is one of those things. Like I'm going to go think about, I'm going to download the four monkey study. I'm going to read the hell out of that. And I'm going to think about how perception is somebody's safe space. And that will, that, that, that has impacted me. And I will take that into account when I'm talking to people. Because if you awesome. remove somebody from a space of safety and comfort, you will agitate them 100% of the time. Yes. And all you need to do is to, to illustrate that, all you need to do is either have a toddler or an animal and take that toddler time to leave the playground or t- try to take the animal into the vet. <laughs> Either example, you've just yep. removed somebody from their safe space and put them into some place that they're un- uncomfortable with or they don't want to do. So I'm going to think about 100%. that. Oh, I appreciate that. It was a great, great talk today. Um, thanks, for, talk today. thanks for that. Hey, can you, um, so I don't want to brag, but I'm kind of going to brag. Um, <laughs> do it. Listeners, listeners of this show, they ride along for the entire hour plus. They will listen wow. to it in three or four times 
and they will pick up where they left off. So one, if sure. you're, I appreciate every single one of them. Like I have a very long podcast. I know that it's kind of a niche, but I have a lot of listeners and I appreciate every one of them and they do listen to the end. Um, do you know what the so, average length of a podcast is? Isn't it 15 minutes? 66. Is it 66 minutes? Average podcast episode is 66 minutes. Really? So I'm not that strange. According, according to Libsyn. No. According well, to Libsyn. Would, they would know. Yeah. According to Libsyn, an average podcast episode is 66 minutes. Hmm. Unless but, you're Joe Rogan, who just put out a four-hour episode a while back. Dude. <laughs> Joe's the man, though. I mean, can, I mean, he's the that man. dude is a marathon, he, man. That guy he, is he's a amazing. Beast. Um, Two hours all the time, man. I I can't listen that long. They so Lipson also did a study, and it says what is the correct, um, what is the correct or preferred amount of of time for a podcast episode, uh-huh. and it's between. 30 to 45 minutes somewhere somewhere between there i can't remember exact like the pin dot number uh-huh i i knew it was less i had it, read somewhere i had read something that it was like less than 45 minutes but yeah i, I can't even however I, you know average podcast episode right now is 66 minutes oh good then i'm not that cray cray to quote the kardashians <laughs> um right you know, because they are the, the model by which society should live. Um, again, so oh, to tie it back to an earlier point, like the whole Kardashian reality TV kind of thing. Oh, dude, boy. Like idiocracy. I'm telling you, like, just please watch the movie. But anyway, my point was people follow to the very end, and I appreciate that. So we mentioned it in the beginning, and I want to end. How do people find you again? On the success core c-o-r-p-s the success core.com listen to my show wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and subscribe to both of our shows um my show can be heard live at blogtalkradio.com forward slash life transformation radio that's awesome that you do a live show dude and it's not edited at all. It's live. People can call in and talk to the guests. They can talk to me. Um, so I have a team that's, that, that kind of scans all the, all the we've, had some, we've had some slip through, but um, we quickly cut them off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, Dude, so some pe- I, had, I had an addiction expert on there one time. Mm-hmm. And we we're talking about addictions. And somebody called us like, yeah. He's like, and so. I talked to the, to the team. I was like, what the hell? And like, he said he had an addiction. We asked what the addiction was. He said he had an alcohol addiction. We're like, what? And we just asked him questions to kind of vet him. He answered them all correctly. And then when he got on the show, we were like, Hey, welcome to the show. And he's like, yeah, I can't keep my hands off my wainer. And I was like, Oh crap. And so we cut him off. We shut it off and he starts laughing. He shut it off. And, uh, and she's like, and it was a female, and she's like, well, I mean, technically, that's an addiction. Like, technically, there are porn addictions. And, te- and this guy tried calling back, like, many, 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 many times. And then he called back every show for, like, for like weeks. Every show he would call in. Every show he would call in. Try to mask his voice. Try to mask this. Try to, and we'd, we'd shut him down. And I was like, dude, why are you trolling the show? But, so... 
I have a team that, that, that vets every single call. And we have ways to know if you're blocking our, first of all, if you call in and try to block your number, mm -hmm. we're not even probably going to answer. Or if we do, um, we're going to tell you, no, you can't be on the show because you're blocking your number. So that's, that's pretty good because we have caller ID and we have different ways to, yep. to, to vet what we're doing. Yeah. I take this very serious. So I've no, had two awesome. or three times where somebody got onto the show, you know, and one guy was like, uh, you know, one guy asked me if I was, uh, if I was gay and like all this, you know, whatever. And I'm like, uh, cut it off, <sighs> you know, shut that down. I was like, so anyway, sorry about that. You know, and it's not, it's not edited. We can't edit that out or we just don't. So it, yeah. I don't know. Well, it's live. It's hard to edit live unless you're playing on a delay, like net, network TV, but like, um, yeah. Or like, like regular radio or like, right. Where you can beep things. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. No, that's so real quick. And then, then, then I'll wrap up here is that uh, I've had a few trolls over the last year. I've only been doing this year, but I've had a few trolls that they, you know, I don't do it live, but they respond in comments and stuff. And I try, I always encourage them, please come on the show. I want, I sincerely want to talk to a troll because I want to know why are you a troll? Like, I want them to like, I don't care. You know, they're not going to hurt my feelings coming on and, and talking to me, but I want to know like, what triggered you or what, what was your, why did you do what you did? Like, was it fun? And if it was fun, why was that fun? Like I have so many questions for a troll, but I can't get them to come on the show. And like, I, I want, if they're a troll and they're listening, like, I want you to understand, like, you're welcome. I'm not going to like bringing you on to like crucify you in some way, shape or form. I, I, I want to talk to you like the life of a troll. But, but to be on the show, you do need to be who you are. You will have to give your real name. I, mean, I don't ask for a dress or anything, but right. I do like to make sure that the, you know, everybody's, because if you're going to come on and you have, you're going to come on, I want you to be a real person. I don't want you to use some pseudonym, but anyway. Um, so maybe sure. that would be fun for you is just like have troll episode and like have like somebody like yourself and maybe somebody who's a psychologist or a therapist or somebody that that has studied this because there are people that study troll mentality um, and like have them come on and I don't know, talk to them, have it be the troll. episode. that's a really bad episode. Don't do that. That would suck. <laughs> maybe that's just, maybe that's a new podcast. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. You don't, podcast. You, you don't, you don't do that. That's a horrible <laughs> idea for you. Don't forget. I said that. Like I'll nothing do but trolls. Yeah. Yeah. Cause right? that's like, you have a real show. Don't, don't do that. That's just, that would, that that's would funny. not be part of your, but anyway, um, uh, thanks for being on. Uh, everybody, you know how to get a hold of Sean. Uh, go listen to him. Live podcast is just awesome. And uh, look, if he's talking about a subject that you want to talk about, don't be that person that is sitting in your car or wherever and just is like praying that he's going to talk about miraculously what you are trying to mentally telepathically tell him. Pick up the phone and call in. You know, and have yep. you? Know, it's it's a participatory show. You just heard. You're allowed to call in. Call yep. in. What what do you have to lose? Like, um, in, in an earlier podcast, um, a friend Dean Parker was talking about his success and uh, his path to success in finding opportunity. He would always ask himself, "What would happen if I did this? What would happen if?" And you know, and then he often, when he walked himself through, like the pros outweigh the cons and you know, he's had great success. So what would happen if you listened to Sean's show and you called in? 
good things. So do it. Um, and as for me, you guys know uh, where to find me. Um, and you can reach me at pirpodcast at gmail.com or there's the voicemail line, which is country code 1 uh, so everybody, thanks for spending the time today with Sean and I. And Sean, thanks. Thanks again. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, man. Thank you. Mm-hmm.